so guys, as you know, I wanted to start a little kind of chat series specifically looking at body image and eating disorders and all that kind of stuff. And last week I had an episode kind of chatting about my whole journey with all of that. And this week I have got two very, very special guests. This is the first duo we are having on the podcast. And I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a really good episode, guys. I'm actually really, really excited. So today we've got Abby and Rachel on the show. Abby and Rachel are two amazing young women all the way from Scotland. And they have created this incredible campaign called the Edited Campaign. And the campaign is all about changing Instagram's policies to make it so that people or like um, influencers have to state whether a photo is edited or not. So I'm going to let you guys take it away. If you guys could just start and just let us know about a bit about the edited campaign, why you started it and what you hope to achieve. Yeah, sure. So um, this is Abby talking, by the way. <laughs> uh, so a couple of months ago, I was just feeling really overwhelmed with all of these like important thoughts that I was having about body image and about body confidence and about social media and I had so much I wanted to say and I just didn't know how to like put it all together and make something out of it and then just talking with friends and you know thinking about it so much and stuff I came up with this um idea that I wanted to put a policy in place on Instagram that would protect people's mental health so not just talk about these issues not just you know, raise awareness of them, but actually make like a, a policy change that would help people battle with, you know, people who are battling with their body image and stuff online and actually help them and make it a physical um, like thing that's in place online. And then I told Rachel about it and she was like, I have to get involved. So we basically spent a couple of days um, creating our logo, creating our like um, our policies we were sending out emails we were creating the Instagram page and everything Petitioning, yeah everything making up our petition and then we just launched the campaign about a month and a half ago now and then we've been um like going and going at it ever since um so yeah it's been crazy it's been a very different experience to anything we've done before but it's so much fun and even doing things like the research that was a major thing for us we put so much research into it and the more you research the more passionate you get so you're we just now we're on a kind of spiral we can't stop we're just yeah i think i always knew that it was important that instagram and massive companies actually step up and take responsibility because they are fully aware of the issues around edited misleading pictures in fact they even have in their own policies that no picture should be misleading or cause harm so in, but instagram know fine well that their pictures are misleading and also cause harm. Many of these influencers who edit their pictures do do this, whether they're meaning to or not. Um, and we, I've always known this, but looking into it, researching, looking into eating disorders and, and reading psychologists about what they think about it all. And you just really, when you surround yourself in that information, it, make, it made us even more passionate about it. Yeah, our main kind of forward driving force this, because think about it, we had this is a big thing and we were just kind of like okay we just put ourselves out there for the world to see obviously we're on a very small scale just now but we're really trying to push it it was michelle obama so we both read her book and we just said 
she gave us the whole point of, do you know what? Yeah, we may be two teenagers from a little town in Scotland, but that doesn't mean that we can't actually do something and our voices matter and someone will listen to us and we can actually make a change rather than just wishing for something to change. So we are going to shout about Michelle Obama quite a lot because she's an absolute legend. We love Michelle Obama. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she was kind of our driving force for it. Not that she has any idea, but when you get given that empowerment, we have emailed her and been like, hey, Michelle. <laughs> but yeah, no, we definitely, I just, we both felt so empowered after reading that book and just felt that actually, although we're young, although we're from some obscure place in Scotland, we can actually make a change. And that was what really like just pushed us to make this big step and make the campaign. It's that, so powerful. That is well. amazing. And for sure, Michelle Obama, she is amazing. She is such a powerhouse. And we also have you guys seen um the documentary of her book on Netflix? Yeah. It's amazing. It's just so beautiful to just watch her and she's so incredibly empowering. So I think that's so amazing. I think it's incredible what you guys are doing. I so I um basically found out about the their campaign, the edited campaign. I saw a post um about it on Facebook and I thought it was just incredible. So that's why I have taking them on the show because I think that you guys really need to spread your message and let more people hear what you're all about. Thank you for having us. It means a lot. Yeah. Awesome. We need people like you to actually promote us a little bit more because it is important and it is affecting a lot more people than you may think on varying degrees. So it's important that the message gets to as many people as possible because there'll be somebody struggling and they might not even realise it properly yet. But hearing something like this may just be that little, like, thing they need to put something something into perspective. Yes, that's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. For sure. So, so how do you guys think that social media influences and, like, encourages, like, this negative image, body image and diet culture and all that kind of stuff? How do you think that it kind of encourages that? I really struggled with my body image, with... Um, disordered eating with you know body dysphoria all those sorts of things I really really struggled with um, in school and I didn't realize how much of an impact social media was having on me until I started to recover from it all Um, and it was crazy the impact it had because you see these pictures of people who have been edited people whose photos are Um, warped and morphed out of proportion or to make themselves look a certain way and you're seeing these things all the time every day and sometimes you see more people online in a day than you do in real life in a day and the more you're exposed to the to this look to the way that these people look the more your brain normalizes it and you begin to expect that that is what the world should look like and that's what you should look like and then after time your brain just creates these expectations for yourself and this can lead to so many horrendous awful things it can lead to eating disorders it can lead to extreme anxiety it can lead to self-confidence issues it can lead to a whole host of other things and it's just purely because social media is not an honest place and it doesn't depict an honest picture of the world and then when those expectations those unrealistic expectations are put in your head it's so difficult to shake them because you're seeing them all the time every day yeah, yeah. kind of the fact that 
you know, we're not trying to say that influencers are trying to have this effect and they're trying to warp our view of what human bodies should look like. I think we've just kind of been conditioned, even through traditional media over like decades, that this is, you have to look a certain way to be valued, even in certain industries and things. And we've kind of grown up with that. And that's kind of transferred from traditional media like newspapers, TV, etc. That's now transferred over to social media. And if you think about these young kids who are on social media from such a young age, because we know that not everyone will stick to the age guide, the age guidelines of 13 for Instagram, for example, that they're on this from such a young age. They have these idols who are celebrities and influencers and things, and they follow all of them and they watch all their content. But these people who are up high, they have other expectations of them that include they have to look a certain way even in things like music you have to look a certain way to be popular and that's kind of the image that's kind of the mindset that people have so if we're so they edit their pictures whether it's for an art form which we totally understand um, and we appreciate the fact that it can be an art form or whether it's so they can boost their own confidence and or further their career in some way. Um, but these people, these young kids are being brought up with that image. We spend too much time on our phones as it is. And younger generations are exactly the same, if not worse than us. And they're totally surrounded. This is what their normal is. They're learning. They're learning that the world looks like this. And it's really scary to think about because when they go through puberty or when anybody goes through any sort of body change and you're not looking the way the world seems to expect you to, it leads to so many horrible damaging things. And it's it's a dangerous place, social media. And that I just think it has such a massive impact. And I don't think people realize the impact it has on them. I think a lot of people are like, I have these issues with their body or have these issues with their self-esteem and they don't realize that a lot of it is rooted in social media of course there's other external factors and I'm not saying that social media is the cause of all mental health issues of course not but it's a serious um factor that definitely plays into it all yeah when it's it's such a big part of our life now we learn as humans we learn by watching other people and watching what people do and what they look like that's as a kid that's as a baby you learn how to do things and how to live from other people and watching them so if we are watching and looking at all these images that we have no idea aren't 100% real, then we think, okay, that's what we should look like, that's what we should do, that's what we should wear. And then we put that on ourselves. And then if we don't look like that, then we feel inadequate and we don't want people to grow up with that because human bodies all look different. Human bodies aren't meant to have teeny tiny waists or 100% smooth skin or bright white teeth that's not the way we were built but that's what we're all seeing nowadays and it's just something we want to change we don't it's okay that people edit their photographs but it's not okay that nobody knows and you're not aware because it's that thing of you know you look at things and you're like oh my gosh they're stunning they are so good looking and you're kind of so you instantly just that's what you go to first and then you go to yeah but I don't look like that and then when instead you should go to, yeah, but there's a good chance that's not, and you don't have a clue that that's not maybe what they look like, because that's just, their whole feed looks like that, doesn't it? So you're like, oh, they must look like that. 
but they don't because they edit it the same way. And it's just, it's not an honest place. And I think the lack of honesty and the lack of transparency leads, like, what's the phrase? Knowledge is power. If you don't have a clue a photo is edited, you're not going to be able to rationalize that properly inside your head. And then you're going to get lost in a spiral of negative comparative thinking. And it just leads to many other issues that obviously Abby herself has struggled with. And you don't realize it. It's subconscious. Oh, yeah. good, Rachel. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Um, but yeah, no, I totally, I totally get what you're saying. And I think how you're saying how social, how just society in general, like the media has just created this kind of, I guess, this perception that this is how you should be and this is how you should look. And I mean, even for me, like, um, I know that when I started, you know, feeling uncomfortable in my own skin, like, I mean, I didn't have a phone until I was like 16. So I didn't even have any influence of actually social media, but just like media in general, like if you walk, and I was talking about this in my podcast last week, how, you know, you can walk down a shopping aisle or when you're about to go and pay for your goods and you're just surrounded by these stacks and stacks of like magazines with all these covers shouting out you know different things that you need to lose weight and all the images on the covers are all these like perfect looking models and celebrities and people that look like they have these quote-unquote perfect bodies and what we don't realize when we're so young is that they are edited and it's not real and they are wearing makeup and they are you know posing in a certain way like we don't know that stuff when we're small and so it's so easy for us to just become influenced by these things and just I think like it's really sad that big companies magazine companies social media companies advertising they TV are film. prioritizing making money over prioritizing the mental health of all the people that their content reaches and that's the thing that really gets to me is when money is put over people because they wouldn't be putting these things in magazines, these diet culture, you know, horrible, toxic things if they weren't making money out of them. And I just think it's sad, honestly. Yeah, even if like you were saying there about looking at all those magazines in your everyday life, or even the people we see in films and on TV, and there's a lot of expectation in the music industry and the film industry and things like that, that you have to look a certain way. Because if you don't look a certain way, you're not going to get a part kind of idea which I've heard a, a few actresses and things talk uh, talk about and you know you're surrounded by us every day we watch films we watch tv we're adverts are everywhere they're on billboards on like in shops on those the things at the bus stop like there's everywhere so you're constantly being surrounded by it and then you add social media on top of that so I think it's really important that you know if these big companies aren't going to take this responsibility we need to try and make a change somewhere just because if it's getting made somewhere then people might realize that okay that's probably happening in other places too and the message and the idea of it spreads more so we don't like we want everything to change obviously we do but in reality people are going to advertise the best way that they're like to get their product to be sold whether that's lighting or the makeup on their models or how they're characters look and things like that of course they're going to do that 
at least if we all have the expectation of okay maybe that's not 100% real and that's okay but as long as we know that that's not I love watching movies with my mum because I'm always like oh my word she looks incredible and mum's like she's just sat in a makeup chair for six hours I've just been at work for six hours okay oh I love it I love watching tv with my mum because she just brings me right back down to earth yeah um, yeah. Adults are great like that because you can say stuff like that and you kind of go into your negative comparative thinking you're going along that line and then someone's like yeah but I've not been sitting in a makeup chair or I don't have expert lighting and I have a well, life My, yeah. like this is the thing that we need to remember is social media influencers people who are in magazines it's their job to look like this quite often I don't get paid for looking nice honestly yeah um, like it's not my job and it is their job which is something else to remember as well yeah yeah they get into them for that and that's okay but i don't have the time to be doing that i have other things i want to be doing to be honest and i don't have that much amount of effort in me to be able to put like you're lucky if i put makeup on three times a year but i just (laughs) i can't really be bothered taking it off at night is just too much No, that is that is so true. I mean, I never wear makeup and I don't think I ever will just because like you said, it just seems like so much effort. And yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we see, have... I like wearing makeup. I like putting them I like putting that effort in. I don't know what it is, it just it really relaxes me. But again, I will probably wear it like once every three months on a very special occasion. Yeah, it has to be like a birthday or a party or or a late night or something. You know the days where you're like I don't even know how to describe it, but you're like, today is a makeup day. Yeah, you're like, I feel great. I'm going to put effort into this. Yeah, one of those days. <laughs> and that's fantastic as well, you know. We just need to just, like, just be okay with just being ourselves, you know, and feeling whatever we yeah. want to feel. So, yeah, if people want to do all this and they want to have their photos edited and things, that's okay. But my whole point is you need to, you need to tell people that you're doing it. Yeah, you don't have to tell us exactly what you've done. We don't want to know if you've brightened your teeth particularly or you've erased a spot or you've made your waist thinner. That's okay. You can keep that to yourself. But as long as some you can put it out there that, okay, actually, no, that's not 100% real, then people are like, okay, maybe don't compare myself to that as harshly as I was going to because that was a, partly a computer that has done that as well. But giving people the freedom to be able to do and do and post as they please which is a major thing because social media is about expression and it's freedom and we love that about Instagram particularly but you know if it just gives everyone that little bit of like that safety net almost of you know what yeah it's not 100% but I'm still getting to do what I want that's what our policy kind of is going for we want to give everyone the freedom but also the knowledge that they need and I think it's important. Yeah, that that's definitely, that's amazing. So how can we identify if someone is using Photoshop or editing or filters to enhance their photos? Like what are some things we can look out for? See, we were talking about this the other day and um, obviously it, you can't just look at a photo and be like, well, I can tell immediately her boobs aren't real. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're real, they're not real. It's hard, some pictures it's, more obvious than others but we're talking about it and I think big things to look at is skin um because 
quite often you'll notice that skin is super duper smooth. There's not a single pore on a human being. And that is when you can generally tell if the skin has been smoothed, you know it's been through editing, at least just to smooth the skin out. And then if you can, th- if you notice that this person has a super like quote unquote perfect body, um, maybe it's worth thinking about maybe it, as well as smoothing the skin, they've done other stuff. Um, also looking at the colors in a picture, if you can, um, like let's say a picture's taken at the beach or something, and the colors look more warm than normal or cooler than normal or this brighter, brighter or you know a bit more like ooh gloomy and mysterious than normal things like that you can kind of tell when a picture's been changed color to create a certain mood and then that way you know the picture's been edited through the color and then you can begin to think okay well if they've changed the color they've more likely than not well they will have had to change the color on the person to then fit the lighting of the scene Maybe then they smooth the skin. Maybe then they change the eye color. You know, it's looking for these things, color, lighting, um, as well as looking at eyes. Eyes are really um, a good thing to look for because quite normally there'll be a picture and then somebody's eyes will be like super bright and piercing. And it's just like, unless, I mean, some people have super bright piercing eyes, but that's another thing you can look for. And it's all these little things which um, like can just create that extra buffer in your head um looking at a picture and thinking oh my word that person is beautiful and they will probably most likely be a beautiful human but then being able to look at these other things these other aspects of a picture and then be able to create that buffer in your head and be able to create that separation from a picture and reality and that separation from what you see in a picture as a as a perfect picture and what maybe the actual image does look like and what that person's life does actually look like which is not going to be perfect because nobody is yeah i mean obviously these pictures do look great and we're not saying that they don't and also these people are probably also really good human being look good looking human beings because to be honest i i don't really judge on looks at all but you know they've they will look really good probably especially even fitness influencers but their main thing is posing so if you look at the posing of somebody you stand certain ways and they show your muscles and they'll suck in their stomachs a little bit to show their abs, which granted they have worked for. And a lot of the time, maybe they won't quite edit their actual muscles, but they'll stand a certain way. So if you look at something you like, that's a bit unnatural. Like I wouldn't stand like that normally. Um, like that's totally cool. They're showing off their progress and they're showing off their muscles, but you have to realize that if they stand in a different way and they relax, they won't look exactly like that. Mm-hmm. So that's a major thing for us because we are massive fitness buffs like we love it we're not buff <laughs> yeah we're not buff tell like i'll tell you that now but we're really into fitness so we have a lot of fitness influencers and we know how hard they work for that and we are not taking away their achievement because it's brilliant but you have to understand that where they the way they stand and the way they pose will have an influence the other thing i do want to say as well is um there are some photos that you look at and you can tell that they've been edited because of the proportions of their body i was on the boohoo web uh, the boohoo instagram page a couple months ago you might remember this and i had an absolute rage because their pictures have been so heavily edited people's shoulders are like five times the width of their waists people's like um boobs are like five times the size of their hand which to some people that's not (laughs) the case but to these people to these people who then their boobs are like nine times wider than their waist. Do you know what I mean? And 
you can tell by proportions as well. I just want to add that in. Some people are very good at editing their pictures, like, or some people will have professionals to edit their pictures. Um, but, you know, sometimes, you, sometimes can you can definitely tell. And actually, I was speaking to my friend, and he's a digital artist, so he edits pictures as a job. And he was like, you have to remember that when you look at these pictures, what you see might be the work of a talented artist and not the work of the model. Yeah. Yeah, but you have to give these people credit. They've, like, as an art form, we totally get that. But you need to understand, it's even as simple as what you post on social media isn't necessarily your real life. So you'll post the best parts of you, the way, like, the best moments of your life. I use my Instagram as, like, a kind of, here are your highlights. So if I'm having a bad day, I'm looking back on all the great things that have happened and all my memories. And that's how I use mine. But it's, it's most of the time, it's my best. It's the best parts of my life. It's when I feel confident in myself to be able to post that picture. So you've got to understand that as well. Like a lot of people won't post when they're straight out of bed and haven't done anything with themselves or they feel tired or whatever. Unlike us, we've just put on our campaign what we look like first thing in the morning. <laughs> Not a pretty sight. <laughs> <laughs> okay that's us naturally i think basically to sum up this very long answer to a very short question is when you look at pictures you need to take into account all of the aspects to it um i mean obviously you're not going to scroll through your feed and be like let's stop on this one and think about all the aspects of this picture let's look at this one you know it's not like that but having that full mindset picture as you look at pictures is the most important thing now that we know what to look for in photos how can we kind of separate ourselves from the negative messages and influences that social media can have by the content that we consume. I think the, the biggest thing is get off your phone. Um, we all spend so much time on social media, especially in lockdown. We've been spending a, a significant, I have been spending a significant amount of more time on, on social media and on my phone, but just living real life is so important. Like just leaving your phone behind and going out with friends, going for a walk, chilling with your family, find a hobby that doesn't involve the internet, find a hobby that involves being outside or focusing on something. And I think that's the best thing that we can do and the healthiest thing we can do is just to leave as much as possible, leave our phones behind or put it in our back pocket and just live actual real life. And I think it's the most freeing thing when you just let that all go and then just actually live as a human being, not through your thumbs, but through your actual like experiences. Yeah, like sure. you were saying before, with younger people being on social media and this is how they're learning because we watch other people and it's what we experience and what we see. So if we surround ourselves more with actual real life, you'll get more realistic expectations of humans and bodies and the world around you than if you spend the majority of your time on social media. Yeah. It's getting that balance right. As well as that, remember what I was saying earlier about speaking to my mum about movies and stuff? Speaking to adults about stuff that's online is like the best thing ever. If you, sh like, generally, if I show mum like a picture of an influencer or talk about things online, she'll be like, what? Excuse me? What are you chatting about? And it just puts into perspective what's actually important. Because if I show mum something that's been like triggering to me or something that's been, you know, hard for me to look at or something that's like trending or whatever, and I show it to her, she's like, I don't get it. And I think it actually really helps because it does put into perspective like 
that there's actually a whole other world out there and that these things on your phone as much as it's fun as much as it's like a good way of expressing yourself and stuff there's actually a whole world outside of this that people don't even know about social media and I think that's such a nice perspective to have and having an adult's perspective and an adult's um, mindset towards these people's bodies or these like you know how these people look or what these people do or the the stupid diets you see online because speaking to an older person they'll be like just eat when you're hungry stop when you're full you look like what you look like you look fine go out and, and enjoy your day which I think is like the best thing to do I love that that is so good I think everybody can take some good advice from from your mom and even from other adults in their lives I think it's so true you know it's so easy especially as teenagers like I feel like kids are always like oh like my parents are oh, adults like they don't know what they're talking about or anything but it's true they actually have a lot of knowledge and we can definitely learn a thing or two from our parents and from our elders. I think like sometimes you can be quite like worried about speaking to your parents about things or scared or whatever or think that they're not going to get it or not going to accept you and you know every time I want to speak to my parents about anything I'm like <laughs> and then I and then I speak to them and actually they make it a thousand times better because they unlike me they actually know what they're doing. It's the other perspective yeah. with anything you need to try and find more than one perspective in order to understand something Um. so I yeah they just they didn't grow up in the same way we've grown up so obviously, like you can say, they're not going to get it. No, they're not going to understand the pressure that you may feel. and But you can explain that because they don't understand. They have never had that social media pressure that a lot of people nowadays and a lot of younger people now have. But they can just rationalise and put it all into perspective for you. And it's yeah. great. It's great. Honestly, speak to, speak to your parents or speak to trusted adults. Speak to, you know, people that you really respect. And I think that's a really important thing that you can do as well as just making sure that you give yourself time to like meditate and or reflect or journal or you know go for a walk or whatever and actually um like reflect on yourself and how like you're doing I think that's the most important thing as well like if you do feel like social media is getting to you or you know you feel those pressures just taking some time out to actually just like reflect on yourself um whether that be doing a workout or yoga or whatever it is just having that time um, I think you'll probably get what what I mean here when I say like having that time is so important. Yeah, you get mm. that point where, you know, I do I write about my day for only five minutes at night, but it gives me perspective of, but look at all this other life stuff I'm doing, and look at what's actually going on around me and what I've achieved and how I feel, and I find that it brings my perspective back to life rather than maybe negative thoughts I'm having so I find that or digital detox I love it I every now and then I just take I log out of all my social media and don't go near it and um, I actually did no social media for the entire January and it was one of the best things I've ever done it was brilliant because you just you're not surrounded by anything that puts that kind of pressure on you and um, so if you feel you're able to do that then go for it if not there's a lot of other ways you can like adapt your social media to fit um, the way you feel or the kind of message you want to portray to yourself. But the other one is every time you get negative thoughts, you need to balance it out with a positive one or a positive fact. So if I'm being weighed down on a really heavy day where all just all the negatives are piling on, I think of it like a scale. 
So you need to pile on the positive facts about yourself or about life on the other side to bring it back the right way. Mm -hmm. So I actually have that visual thing inside my head and I find that so helpful. So every time you get a negative thought, pile on a positive one. Yeah, or pile on a piece of perspective, um, a fact, uh, you know, some actual facts about, about your body or an actual fact about social media's impact on your mental health. You know, if you really feel really heavy, putting an extra thing on the other side to counteract those thoughts because I always say this I say this all the time your thoughts are like birds they fly past all the time but you decide which ones make a nest inside your head um so you know if you've got all these negative thoughts flying past let a positive one make a nest in your head and then all the negative ones will just keep flying I love yeah. that that is so perfect I love that I love it as well it really yeah. helps as well when having a down day I'm like you keep flying birds goodbye <laughs> thank you I'm, I'm gonna use I'm gonna use that one next time so Good, I'm glad so I would love to go a little bit into like your personal experiences with body image and eating disorders and stuff like that Abby you uh, mentioned earlier that you had you know suffered with an eating disorder and body image and stuff during school so I would love if you could maybe just expand on that if you would like to yeah sure so um I've always compared myself to other people. Uh, my dad said I went actually like after all this had kind of gone down. I went to these um, specialists and my dad was there at the time and he said she's always compared herself and she's never been on the good side of the comparison. Everyone mm. else has always been better than her inside of her own head. So it started when I was really little. Um, I didn't have any problems with food or anything. I remember when I was in P7 I started my first like I mean what did you call it a diet I mean I guess it was like I stopped having like chocolate bars or pudding at like lunchtime at school and I would make sure that I didn't have a snack after school and stuff like I wanted to lose weight which now that I think about it I was like 11 and that was so not right and I don't know where that came from I didn't have social media at the time I think it must have just been pressure from external media sources that I felt that way but I yeah that was the first experience and then Secondary school was a lot. It was difficult for me. Um, I really struggled in the first three or four years making friends and keeping friends. I had a lot of, you know, I wasn't happy in myself. I wasn't happy with who I was. I felt a lot of pressure from other people. Um, people had made assumptions about me that then really got in my head. It was just not a fun time. The first four, three or four years of school were not the best. Um, and it was when I was about 14, I would say, things started to kind of creep up um you know thoughts about my appearance really started to get um get to me I was a gymnast as well me and Rachel both were and being in the gym you're in a leotard most of the other girls that I was training with hadn't actually hit puberty yet um so a lot of them were really skinny really really little didn't you know look like children right and I was hitting puberty and I suddenly had more fat on my body than them and looked different and was bigger and you know, I had stretch marks on my legs that appeared. Um, and obviously you're in a leotard, so you're hyper aware of the fact that you have stretch marks on the inner sides of your thighs. When you're in a straddle shape or doing a cartwheel or whatever, you're just hyper aware all the time. Um, and then I guess 14, 15 was when I started to actually, these thoughts began to manifest into problems with food. Um, I, I would say, I mean, I've never been officially sat down and diagnosed with any, um, like orthorexia or anorexia or bulimia or 
you know, any of those things. I've never been sat down and diagnosed by a person. However, um, I definitely demonized food. Um, I was terrified of anything that wasn't like, I hate using this term, but like a clean food, a whole food, do you know what I mean? I hate using that term because it kind of labels food and I don't like doing that anymore. But, you know, anything that wasn't like a vegetable or like a pure piece of meat, I was not, I was terrified. Um, but I kept eating anyway. I was a super busy, super like, um, I was like a straight A student doing a million clubs. I was really dedicated and passionate and motivated. And that's what kept me kind of in a good headspace because, well, not a good headspace, but kept me fighting off all these thoughts about food um, because I had to keep myself fueled. Otherwise I couldn't do anything I wanted to do. And then I guess in like my second last year of school, things started to kind of get on top of me even more. I would go a couple days of not eating properly. I would go you know maybe a week without properly eating and it kind of began to build up and sneak up on me that way I then started doing things like not eating sugar for a whole month I would go to the gym obsessively sometimes I go to the gym twice a day without telling people I started lying to people about how I ate lying to people about what I was doing um and mm -hmm. I didn't even realize that this was really happening it just was um I had a million other things on my plate I've always been super busy um, I've also always been that person that people come to to talk about their issues. So I had actually one of my best friends, um, I was taking him through to the clinic in Dundee for, about eating disorders. There was a lot going on and I just was slowly getting more and more gripped by food. And because I'd never been happy with myself, my body was especially one of those things that I just was not happy with. And then it got to my last year of school and I just got in the part of Sandy in Greece in my school musical. And I remember so distinctly, my schedule went from crazy to stupidly crazy. It went absolutely bonkers. Life just got crazy busy. And I was so anxious, so caught up, so busy. Food was beginning to be a massive issue. I was terrified of it and I was exhausted. And by this point, Obviously, again, I've never been sat down and diagnosed, but I had an eating disorder because it was an actual thing in my head. It was a presence. It had a. It was another person inside of me. I don't know if you can relate, but it was like another being in my head, and it was growing and taking more and more power over me. And then, as my life got more and more busy, I got more and more exhausted. I was like, you know what, eating disorder back there, come in and take the front seat because I am absolutely done with being this tired I was fighting my eating disorder all the time it was just exhausting so in November time um I'd I let my eating disorder totally take hold and for about a month and a half I it was crazy how little I was eating it was obscene how little I was eating um I was lying to everyone all the time lying to my parents lying to my teachers, lying to my friends. I lied to Rachel. I lied to everyone because my eating disorder was taking hold of me. And it was actually at that time that I started throwing up food as well at the same time, um, which is something I never thought I would do, but I started that as well. And then Christmas time, end of term came and I was actually meant to be singing like the lead solo at the end of term concert, which is a massive deal. It was a huge deal to me. It was a big honor and I couldn't sing because my throat was so sore because I'd been throwing up so much um 
And so I just said to myself, I was like, right, you just have to stop doing that for a couple of days, have your voice heal, you can sing the solo and then we can get back to it. But then having said that one thing to it, saying you can't do this, started up a whole catalyst. And then suddenly I was like, what am I doing? And the next day I ran, literally got into school and ran to the guidance department. And I sat them down and I was like, I need to talk to you. And I told them everything. And then my dad came in later that day. I told my dad everything. I told my friends everything. I set it out all on the table. And then from there, since January, well, December, January time, like 2019, um, I went full, like full on into just recovering from all these thoughts and recovering from all of these horrible issues that I had with food and with body and with exercise. And then through 2019, I totally made a full recovery and it was amazing yeah I remember um, I didn't find out until later on and I remember her lying to me this was the one thing that I remember I noticed it because we didn't see but during school once she'd left our gymnastic club I didn't get in because she was crazy busy all the time and I was again I'm a busy person and um, I'm also like studious I've got schoolwork I've got this I've got that we didn't see each other that much but this was the one time I really noticed it and we sat and had lunch together and she had two oat cakes, uh, three cherry tomatoes and a piece of lettuce for lunch. And I said to her, I was like, why have you got no food? And she was like, oh, I'm doing the sugar-free challenge. So, you know, we don't have any added sugar in anything that you eat for a month. Said, oh, I'm doing that, and we just haven't got the shopping, so there's actually nothing left. So this is all I've managed to get from the house if I want to keep continuing the challenge. Um, when in fact that wasn't it; that was just all she could bring herself to eat, and she only just finished it. But it took you a whole hour, considering because oak cakes are dry and nasty. Okay, they, they're hard to eat. <laughs> <laughs> they're just eating things that were dry and horrible, and she barely ate anything. And I just kind of went, okay. Um, are you sure you don't want me to get you something somewhere else or do you want some of my food and she go no 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 I'm fine I'm fine I'll get something when I get in I said that so many times yeah I think yeah the, I think the thing that was the hardest for I don't know if this is the same as your experience but for me recovering from it all like facing the food and facing all those fears I found the strength in myself to do that I I went to therapy and therapy was personally to me of not much use because to me once I put it all out in the open talking about it wasn't difficult talking about it was not hard for me and my therapist was definitely not made for me um so therapy didn't really help but so and I didn't have um you know my family weren't experienced with this sort of thing nobody around me really knew how to help me properly recover so I kind of did that all by myself I learned via YouTube videos of other people who've been recovering about how to face fear foods how to you know um overcome your issues with your body I did that all with myself but I think the thing that was the hardest for me was trying to overcome the fact that I'd lied to people and I'd like um my actual character had been taken over by this other thing and I think that was the hardest thing to to go to actually get through the other side of mentally and that took a couple months of I actually my minister at my church I, I had coffee with him every week and that really helped because I could talk through that like emotional guilt of it all and that was that was like the hardest thing to get through because I, I definitely needed somebody else to help me with that but once I got through the other side of that side of things 
I was just so determined to just like it, it, these thoughts had taken over my life for years and I was just so done with it and I was like you know what there's this is so hard but there's so much power in being able to just take back could like take back my life and it, yeah that's amazing wow thank you so much for sharing that I mean it's so brave to actually like admit all of it you know I mean I know I know exactly it's it's such a horrible horrible like vicious cycle where this like yeah like this it's like this other thing just kind of takes over your mind and you feel like like any of you that is left is kind of pushed to the side and it's like this whole other thing is just controlling you and you're like the puppet and I think like for me it was quite weird because I was in a way always kind of aware of what I was doing and Mm -hmm. I have a very close relationship with my mom and so she noticed immediately my mom actually um when between the ages of like 11 and 14 also had an eating disorder so she recognized it immediately and like I remember you know she would try and speak to me and we used to talk and stuff but like it never changed anything until I actually admitted to myself that I had a problem and that I needed to do something and like the same like here you know there's not a lot of help for these kinds of things like I was actually I think like to me um especially I had this experience as well with my friend um where if you've got an eating disorder and you've got these problems with food unless you are in the state where you need to be hospitalized um there's not much help in the way of you know trying to get over these thoughts and I think that's something that needs to be changed and improved because yes I might not be thin enough to be hospitalized and you know be in danger of dying but this mental health condition is running awry in my head and has been for years and years now and I think that's something that needs to change because it shouldn't be the case that I have to look to youtubers to learn how to you know recover recover I don't think that's right for sure a hundred percent a hundred percent totally it's really it's crazy that there's so little support out there and I think the thing is though is that it's very hard for somebody who's never been through it to like understand like they just you're a crazy person that has like voices in their head it's like completely ridiculous yeah no you know they don't understand I've I've never actually spoken to somebody else like completely openly about this like I am with you right now and I I was always concerned that like maybe I'm the only person that actually I've called I've called my I mean I called my eating disorder ed ed i literally he had a name like he was a real real thing inside my head and i was like am i literally insane but no it and i think the thing that a lot of people if people are listening right now and they do have this other thing inside of their head you have to know that it's it's not just your eating disorder it's also going to be made up of your anxiety of self-confidence issues if you've got perfectionism all these sorts of things that there's going to be a root problem here um which is another thing that I didn't realize. I thought that these issues that I was having with food were just issues with food. But actually it turns out that I went to speak to these these specialists and they were like, you realize that you've got all these other mental health conditions, right? And I was like, no, what? And they're like, yeah, this is what this has come from. And when I found that out and I started tackling those things and, and looking at those things, that's actually when the eating disorder started to step away. 
your perfectionism was what always struck me. Like, Abby is an incredibly intelligent, hardworking human, and her abilities are just, they baffle me. She's brilliant. And she's like straight A student, everything. She doesn't, she juggles a million things at once. And she's always been that person that she's basically like my big sister. She's the one I look up to, and I'm like, wow, geez. No. But your perfectionism, I, I'm a perfectionist too, but that's what I noticed with you and I think that's what came about with food was that that was kind of your one like you kind of controlled it to try and find that way because you didn't feel perfect and because we're also viewed in that sense by other people because we we're both seen as the healthy ones and that like people think we're weird because we we're eating healthy and we're always at like we're doing exercise and things like that we're seen as that way and we feel like you feel like you have to fill that mold yeah especially with even with schoolwork like if you're seen as the smart one as we both are and that sounds really cocky but that's not what I mean it's just that's the way we've been viewed we feel like we have to keep filling that I think it also then comes back to social media as well when you've got these you've got all these pressures inside your head and then this is why this is the reason why I want to start this I actually wrote this down said I want to do what I can realistic body standards and protect people online because with all of this that's going on inside your head I just want people who are going through the same thing that I went through to be protected and be cared for when they're online because I don't understand why Instagram and other social media sites are not doing more already because these people need protected because you can't as you said this other person's in your head and you don't want them to go away because it's they're in control and it feels great and so you don't you can't rationalize you can't do anything about it and if if this if put in place where there is people being open and honest about editing their pictures online it will be something that can counteract an eating disorder it would be a thing that would then put that seed of doubt in someone's head and I know it would have with me yeah it's a preventative measure because like you two were saying I haven't had that experience of a eating disorder and having to find help I've had you know everyone gets that problem with their confidence and being I found being in a gymnastics setting where you're in very little clothes and some of these people train more than you and they're built differently to you we train with younger people who are built completely differently to us you have that pressure there um but I think there's not enough preventative measure and I think that this policy is a preventative measure so because if there's not enough um support at the point just before you're hospitalized and you need to wait until that point there's so much mental health issues going on right now and they're all coming up and being really open and that's really great but there's still not enough support for any mental health issue because everyone every resource is so strained more preventative measures need to be put in place you can stop people being fueled with these unrealistic expectations right from the start it's just going to give that little bit of a helping hand because if you need to create an environment where people can thrive in the right way and the right thoughts are in their head. And like you said, that could counteract. Yeah. You could counteract something, but we kind of want to get to the point where it doesn't have to counteract anything because it keeps your mindset healthier. And that's one that's even just one aspect of your life where it's transparent, it's open, and it protects you in that sense. Because if there's not enough help down the line, we want it, we want to get to the point where there isn't that need that help isn't even needed because the way society and social media are structured is a safe way 
is about caring for people and looking after them. And I think it's such a simple, easy change. Like it's six letters, it's not a lot. And it takes two seconds, if that. Like we all have very, very fast thumbs. It takes less than two <laughs> seconds, right? And it's something so simple, but could have such a massive effect that I think that's why we're pushing it so hard. It's the fact that it's so simple that we really want it. We don't see why it can't be done. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think what you guys are doing is really so incredible. And like you say, it will be just like a preventative kind of measure to, yeah, just give a helping hand and not have to, not like increase or encourage something already from happening. Mm -hmm. What advice can you give someone who is struggling with their body image or maybe an eating disorder? Get rid of your mirrors. Get them out of the house. Cover them in paper. I don't care. Get rid of all of them. That was the first thing I did when I went into recovery. And oh my word, it helped so much. Limit your time in front of reflective surfaces. I know, I know for me, if I walk past a shop window, I would check. Block off your reflection. Full stop. I think is the first step. Um, second step, stop looking at the back of packets of food. Um, be really strict with that. Like the the bit that talks about all the nutrition information and also the ingredients, off limits. In fact, try not even touch packaging for the next like couple months. Um, and then I think the final thing as well is for eating disorders especially challenge your rituals all the things that you feel like you have to do to be happy whether that be body checking if you've got certain checks that you have to do with your body over and over and over again checking certain areas for you know whatever like how big it is how small it is etc um if you have to weigh yourself several times a day if you have to check an outfit several times a day if there's a certain you know things that you do with food that are really like a ritual or like an feel like a necessity start challenging them and please be patient with yourself it will take some time but just try and not do it once and then try and not do it twice and then try and not do it three times and then keep going and keep going and at some point I can guarantee you you will do it and you'll feel like crap but then you say right I've done it once I'm going to go longer this time without doing it and build it up from there you know yourself like if you're listening to this you know what I mean when I say your rituals you know what I mean when I say things you're obsessive about and you know that you have to stop doing them and it's so hard it's so important that you do if there's things that you don't like eating eat them like I know it sounds terrifying but eat them see the first time that I ate a bagel I was absolutely terrified I thought I was going to die and then I ate the bagel and I was like hmm wasn't too bad and then a couple of weeks later, did it again. A couple of weeks later, did it again. And then now I have bagels several times a week and it's a fun time. So just all those things that are super difficult and scary, just do them. And I know I know it's hard, but keep going at them. And it's it will probably take months, but it's so unbelievably worth it. Promise. Break it, break it down. Don't think about it. This is one time where we say don't talk about, don't think for the big picture. Apart from the fact of, do you know what? Think about the fact that if you keep doing this the way you're doing it, you're going to recover. That's the only way we want the big picture. But everything apart from that, when you found your ritual, think about it as this one time you do it. So if you feel like going to weigh yourself, think about it as just this one time. And then you're like, right, okay, this one time I'm not going to do it. 
but then the, and then if you achieve that then the next time you feel like you need to do that you then go okay this time I'm not going to do it you're not thinking about the future you're not thinking about the past you're, you're not just thinking about right now not linking your riches together not linking your fears together or anything each of them are separate and just go at a steady good pace and try and not try and not sit and be, and be like right eating disorder here we are I'm going to overcome everything today because that's just too much take it take your time and yeah um, in terms of coming over body image issues things like me and Rachel actually did a post on um, our feed a couple weeks ago about we posted a picture of ourselves and then the other person wrote 10 things that they loved about um, like the other person's body or the other person's picture or the other person's like personality kind of thing and we actually found it kind of difficult because we both realized that we don't actually think of each other's bodies that often no like I mean I admire Rachel's strength and Rachel's ability Rachel's an incredibly able athletic person but I don't look at Rachel and think about her body I think about everything else um so talking to your friends asking them to send them a picture of yourself and be like hey, tell me 10 things you love about the way I look or 10 things you love about me, full stop. Um, supporting each other, finding that support network can be really important. I think that reference of tell me 10 things you love about me then takes that focus away from your body. Mm -hmm. Because I think Abby is a beautiful human being, but I was sitting looking at this photograph in her, of her and I was like, I don't know what to say. Like, I have so many things to say about your personality and what you're able to do and how you think and how you speak and your motivation etc but to actually depict someone's body like that I know I don't think I'm wired like that yeah but I'm like I just you're just beautiful and that's just you're as a whole and, and you're very able and you're very capable and you're brilliant but that's like all one package I can't pick something out this is why it's important great. to speak to other people because it all of this is so internalized and all of it is so directed upon yourself and then when you sit down with a group of your friends and you know you start talking about your body they're going to be like we don't care about that we don't give a crap we don't give a toss like we, we love you yeah we don't even see what you see because yeah. you know your body better than anyone else so you'll see all the little bits about yourself that you don't like but i guarantee you the majority of people won't have even noticed that they want them and, and i don't care the other thing as well like i think is really important and was really beneficial for me was to look into scientific research um i don't know if you've heard of her but there's this girl called Nat natasha Ocean. Yes, her name? I, yes, I love her. Oh, she's so good. Yeah. She's, she's so good because she breaks down all of these things about having a six pack, having zero percent body fat, you know, metabolism, metabolism all, these, all of these things that are pressure and you feel like are the most important things in the whole world for you to get right. And you watch her videos and she's done weeks of research on them. She is an incredibly intelligent woman. There's science backing up every single thing that she says. And it just breaks down every single issue that you have with yourself. There is scientific evidence to back why we should not feel that way about our bodies. And it's the most empowering thing yeah. when you stand in there in the mirror and think, I'm not sure I feel myself today. And then you can whip out your mental notebook with all your scientific notes and be like, well, this is because of this and that. And actually you're perfect just the way you are. You're exactly how science intended you to be. It's brilliant. Mm -hmm. So shout out to Natasha O'Shean. I think she's an absolute gem we of a human love being. Natasha and Michelle Obama. They are two people. <laughs> I love them too. People. This is hilarious. There's some other people like on Instagram and things that we really believe have a really positive impact 
and we will probably shout out at some point. Um, but yeah, those are the two people. Michelle Obama, if you ever feel like you can't do something, talk to read Michelle Obama's book. Watch Michelle Obama video. She's brilliant. And then Natasha Oshien just breaks down everything that you believe about yourself and then you kind of go, oh, okay. I've kind of be and I kind of feel a little bit stupid now because science has basically proved me wrong. And she speaks in like she speaks yeah. in proper you understand what she's saying. She doesn't talk in scientific jargon. You actually understand what she's saying, which is brilliant. Yeah, okay. I think like for me when I was going on this like I guess quest to love my body or whatever you <laughs> want to call it. I don't know, it sounds so dramatic that way, but just listening to Natasha talk and just listening to her being like, Look, you're gonna be bloated. You're gonna have days where you look like I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have days where you feel like what and this is why and it's it's great. Yeah. yeah. Science is your best friend when it comes to your body. But do yeah. think Tasha with Jane because you actually understand what you're saying. Don't try and read scientific papers yourself because they make no sense. Yeah. Yeah. Try that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're not that smart. So last two questions. How do you mm-hmm. keep yourself grounded and centered with so much distraction and negative messaging on social media and even in the mainstream? How do you keep yourself like in the present, connected, and not being like affected by all the things going around us? I think, um, as I said before, just having things that I'm passionate about. Honestly, I have so many things in my life that I am so unbelievably passionate about. And I know that for some people, it's hard to find those things. I'm very um, grateful for the fact that I've had things in my life, all my life that I've been passionate about. I'm passionate about about theatre, about performing. I'm passionate about gymnastics coaching. It's something I'm super passionate about. Passionate about this campaign. I'm passionate about my friends and family. All these things that make me me and drive me forward. And it means that, I mean, very rarely do I ever get impacted by social media. If in fact, probably never anymore because I've ground, managed to ground myself in those other things that I'm passionate about. Um, and also I want to add on there, like, as well as being passionate and driven, I've also found, like, especially in lockdown, the absolute joy of, as I said, meditation, waking up in the morning and doing a 30 minute stretch. Um, I'm a Christian, so I do a lot of like Bible studies and praying. And, you know, it's important to have those things that you're passionate about, but it's also important to have those things that, that time to just sit back and just be, like, just exist. And I think just existing can be the most important thing to do because it takes away every other thought, every other worry, and you can just be in that moment. Um, Yeah, that's personally for me, my two things. Being passionate about things really helps me and also just taking some time to chill out. Yeah, for me, I am going to go down the road of gratitude is a major one for me. I, like I said earlier, I write about my day for five minutes. Um... And I look at everything I've done with my with my life that day. And I set myself little goals and things like that. But I find actual gratitude, writing down something you are so grateful for, finding a positive from every single day. Because there's so much that goes on in your day that something that you saw on social media shouldn't really overshadow that. Yep. And also getting to know yourself. Because I can guarantee you every single person listening to this is a brilliant human being and there's so much you're capable of so much you have done for other people how much you have achieved 
like there's so much in you get to know yourself what you're good at maybe what you're not so good at what what you love what makes your heart buzz everything about you good bad everything because once you know it all you can't then you can't then react to it you know what i mean it's already there you've you're, got it you, you get know this, you you get this grounded sense of self and then then you're confident in whatever you do yeah like you find your confidence within that and you know that that's my main thing of i am more than a body if i know it if i find out things about me or i reflect on how i feel or what i've done or who i am as an actual person i find i am a lot more than just a body and it gives you so much confidence in in general but i find that takes my focus away from my body away from what i look like and other people's opinions of me and i just become me and that's just it's genuinely so freeing when you can just be you and yeah. that's reach rachel <laughs> yes 100 percent. no i totally agree with all those things it's so so true just so. keep perspective yes 100 percent. perspective is so important especially when you've had like the experience of your perception being completely wonked around and changed so definitely keeping perspective and just like doing those daily things that make you feel good and make you feel like yourself is so important yeah, yeah. also my one main thing that's also you've got to accept the fact that you are going to feel a bit rubbish sometimes you have to accept that as a human you're going to compare yourself to other people yeah. but it's what you then do with that yeah and you have to you know i know on a when i'm having a rubbish day i know what makes me feel better is doing a workout and i know that that makes me feel better and i've learned that i've learned that nothing else will make me get out of a rut unless i get up and i sweat and that'll be different for everyone some people will be taking a bath that's what my sister does if she feels bad she'll take a bath but you just have to learn those things that you know you can do immediately when you feel down um take that time to process those emotions and then you need to learn the things about yourself that you know will be able to pick you back up again yeah 100 percent. so if you guys give us three recommendations that add value knowledge or insight to our lives it could be books movies podcasts a habit a tip anything you'd like to leave the listeners with that can help them step away from diet culture and step into truly owning themselves okay um our instagram yeah just a tip and a hint stepping away from diet culture get off your instagram explore feed don't go on it ever because it gets you into a whole other dark place yep. and um declutter your your feeds declutter your social medias and then follow people who promote positive realistic attitudes and perspective towards your body so we have emily's world um who's amazing we have natasha ocean amazing michelle obama amazing the edited campaign absolutely bloody amazing <laughs> brilliant never gonna find a better account we're working on it okay but do do give us do give us a little look for we're not that bad i promise and um, but also instagram two other ones just to pull the instagram recommendation would be Haley madigan and what's talila's last name henshaw Potentials, yeah. something like that. I think it's they yeah. are br they are brilliant, but you will find all of them on 
our camp, like on our Instagram, we'll follow anyone we follow, go for it. Absolutely brilliant. They've all got amazing content. And um, so if you need inspiration for how to balance out your Instagram, go there. Michelle Obama, obviously. We wanted to say something about another book, and I don't know if people have heard of it, but it's called The Boy, the Bull, the Fox and the Horse. Now, I read this last week. It's a little picture book, and it's just, but it's got all these brilliant life quotes in it. And you can read it within the space of half an hour. That's what I did. I sat one night and just read it. But it's just about these four little characters and they just kind of go through, they go on this journey, but this journey is meant to represent life. And they just find out what's important. So friendship, love, being okay in yourself. But every single page is just so inspirational. And you feel this strange sense of calm. This is the equivalent of like meditating for a really long Mm -hmm. time. You just, you read it and you just feel life is good. I am okay as a human being there is hope and I think that that is one of the best books I've ever read in my entire life I will recommend it to everybody the boy the mole the fox and the horse good book and then the last thing I would say for stepping into yourself and owning yourself is dancing yeah I have found the magic of dance in lockdown put some Britney Spears on Ariana Grande Whitney Houston Beyonce something with a with a bop with a beat beep beat <laughs> and dance and honestly it is the best for your um confidence the best for your to lift your mood up I find that on days when I actually I'm having a bit of like a down day with my body I will like put on some shorts and a sports bra and I know this sounds really weird but I really hope nobody ever walks in on me doing this <laughs> I will just dance in front of the mirror and it's the most freeing experience yes and I will happily put myself out here as the weirdo who dances in the mirror to Beyonce I did that this morning I find myself if I'm having crap day with my body I get myself into shorts and a bra top and you're like do you know what let's boogie yeah and you're also like do you know what that's your body and that's okay like I normalize myself with it by seeing it yeah I mean um, seriously like of this whole podcast the most important thing you can do is dance follow the edited campaign but also <laughs> yeah um, dance I did Beyonce love on top absolute oh. tune I did a full dance to that this morning and it was the best thing I've done all day apart from this this is great I mean <laughs> yeah but come on Beyonce dancing to Beyonce you can't get any like brilliant one of the best I love, that. I love that I also did that the other day I was like I woke up and I was like really not feeling it and so I just like started dancing and my sister comes into the room and she's like what the heck are you doing? And I was just yeah, like, dance like I'm getting out of a bad mood. mood. Yeah. yeah, dance like nobody's watching and then you'll feel free. For sure. Really. Okay, so yeah. before I wrap this episode up, where can people find you in the edited campaign? How can they follow, support, and get involved? Okay, so in case you haven't heard our shameless plug yet, <laughs> um, <laughs> We have an Instagram account, which is just the edited campaign, all lowercase. And then in the bio of that um, Instagram account, there is a link to our petition, which we would absolutely love for you to sign. The petition is basically we're trying to get as many signatures as possible. so We can then show Instagram that this issue matters and that people want them to change. 
So the address, if you want to grab like your notes page or like a pen and a pencil or pen and a bit of paper right now, um, is www.change.org forward slash change Instagram's editing policy. And if you head there, you can sign the petition and then share it with everyone you know, Facebook, WhatsApp, email, Instagram, text, conversations over dinner. When you go out into the world um, for the first time in lockdown and see that person, tell them about it. Yeah, we're those people that send it into every single text, like every single number we have and every single email. So some random like ex-employers and people we met once have now received <laughs> it. But you know what? That's okay. Do the same. But all of this is on our Instagram if you want to go and head there. Um, also, on our post, on our petition link, you will always find, also find the link to our website which has reset all the research we did into this topic um, the full policy because we've we've not actually said the policy in full so what we actually want to do is make every verified account on Instagram whenever they post a photo of a person or people whose body or face or anything has been edited they must stay edited at the start of their caption just six little letters but this obviously this excludes if you have scars from a traumatic event or self-harm that you want to cover up because that is your privacy and we totally understand that but this is just going to help it also has our own stories on here yeah, as so well on the petition there's a link to our website which i will read out now if you want to write this down too it's https um, colon forward slash forward slash www.theeditedcampaign.co.uk forward slash um, and if you head there, all the research we've done, there's tons of statistics, there's our full stories, there's links to the petition again, there's links to our Instagram, there's pictures of us, the whole Everything thing. to do with the edited campaign is on that one is on that one petition. So find us on Instagram and then go from there, basically. Um give us a follow, give us a share, put us on your stories, put us on your Snapchat, link us there, link us everywhere you can, basically sign our petition and that's pretty much how we're going to get the message out so that's the way you can support us find us, share us everywhere well i will leave all the links below so people can just go ahead and click the links after they finish listening to this and get involved yeah. and sign that petition for sure thank Ooh. you guys so so much for coming on the show it has been such a pleasure and i feel like we could just talk for hours and hours and I think we have been talking for hours. Yeah, yeah we, we have, have been, been talking for hours. <laughs> but thank you guys so so much. And I just am so excited to see where your campaign goes and see where the editing campaign goes and see the amazing change that you guys can make. Thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for having us. This honestly. means the world. You have no idea. Thank you. We're very grateful. You'll be written in Rachel's journal tonight. Yes! <laughs> you will.